What's going on, America? Welcome to my super deep voice today. Uh, very long weekend, and uh, needless to say, my voice is uh, obviously and apparently absolutely shot, which is uh, interesting. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the movie Jesus Revolution. Last night, I went to go see it. A lot of people have been talking about it. A lot of people love the movie. Uh, there's a lot of people that have... An issue with the movie Jesus Resolution or Resolution Revolution, uh, mainly in regards to uh, Lonnie Phillips. So we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to talk about uh, the things I liked, uh, the things that I didn't particularly care for, uh, what I overall thought about it. But then we're going to get into the real uh, meat and potatoes of all this stuff. We're going to talk about the things that people have an issue with. In this, and at the end, we're going to ask the major question, and that is Can God do miraculous things through flawed people? Um, And uh, I think that that is going to be the absolute pinnacle of discussion for this episode. And I hope that by the end of this episode, uh, you uh, get some kind of uh, nugget, if you will, some kind of encouragement out of this. Um, and I hope it helps you. Uh, before we get into the movie, though, this isn't just going to be a movie review. Uh, I want to talk about Michael Knowles' controversy for what he said at CPAC, and I also want to talk about Russell Brand, of all people, going in there and absolutely destroying MSNBC. Um, so this is going to be an in-depth thing. We're going to, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of video assets in and out of this. So just go with me here. This should be a fun episode. And the biggest thing that I want to do at the end of this is there definitely seems to be something going on for Jesus, for God in this country. We see revivals breaking out everywhere. We've got Jesus revolution that is coming out or has come out. And then next Monday, we've got come out in Jesus name uh, coming out as well. And so there just seems to be a lot of stuff happening. And so I believe that it's a good thing and, and we're, we're, we're going to get into it. And, and I understand the concerns and I, I share some of those as well, but we're going to discuss it. And, and, um, yeah, yeah, there's too much to, to, to intro this thing for too long. So before we get into everything, let's get into a sponsor. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year? When they switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. That's right. Save $900 a year. That's nine zero zero. Listen to this. You can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service. They're backing it up with a 100% money back guarantee. So instead of giving your money to woke companies like Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile, why don't you switch to Pure Talk? All you got to do is go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to save 50% off your first month. So not only a 100% money-back guarantee, using the code GRAHAM gets you 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. All you got to do is go to puretalk.com, promo code GRAHAM, that's puretalk.com, promo code GRAHAM. Restriction supply, see sites for details. Okay, so my friend over at the Daily Wire, Michael Knowles, got into some trouble for this comment uh, at CPAC, and I'm going to play the comment, I'm going to play what he said, and uh, we are going to discuss it, because basically people were saying that Michael Knowles called for the eradication of transgender people meaning that I guess he's calling for mass genocide of transgender people. So I haven't listened to the full clip. So here's the full clip. Let's listen to it together. Let's see what we think about this. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, If men really can't become women, as they cannot, 
then it's false for everybody too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't see what the, the, what the big issue is. People are literally saying that, uh, Michael Nichols, this is deeply concerning language. No matter how bad the idea is, I get ideas, good and bad must flow freely at a public event. Da, 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 da. Michael Knowles is calling for the mass genocide of all transgender uh, human beings. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't get that at all. Uh, he's talking about the idea of transgenderism. And that's what he says, transgenderism. Um, he doesn't say transgender people need to be eradicated entirely. He's talking about the idea of transgenderism, that a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man or you can flip-flop back and forth however you want. Uh, I think that this is a very sound, very well-articulated clip. I don't, I don't get the outrage. Well, I mean, I do get the outrage, right? Because it, it doesn't matter how well you say something. It doesn't matter how articulate you are in things. People are going to find outrage in it. Um, you have heresy hunters out there. You have people that literally make a living trying to prove that things that pastors say make them false teachers, et cetera. But they don't acknowledge themselves that they don't know everything. And by very definition of it, either way, it's weird. It's a weird time we live in, but as far as this goes, I don't see the big thing. So I don't really see a whole lot of reasons to spend a whole lot of time on it. Bravo, Michael Knowles. I couldn't agree more. I thought it was a very well stated thing. Uh, bravo. Uh, the haters are stupid. Uh, we're moving on. All right, Russell Brand. So this was a little bit longer of a thing. And like I said, this is going to be a very asset-heavy episode, but I believe it's important. So Russell Brand, me and Russell Brand don't agree on a lot of things. But one thing that Russell Brand has seemed to have a breakthrough of, it's this idea of the the illusion that is uh, the mainstream media, big pharma, etc. So this is on Bill Ma uh, Mayer's show, and it's Russell Brand on the panel and and an MSNBC uh, employee. Okay, so I'm going to play it. I'm going to let it go. All right, full transparency. This is about a three minute clip, but it's very important, and I think it's very important for you guys to listen to what he has to say. Because it's 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 all true. So so here we go, Russell Brand, uh, take it. John, I've not known you long, but mm. I love you already. But I have to say that it's <laughs> it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace, and, and also, mate, like, just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery yeah. you, on there. Not gonna, you, I went on the show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried <laughs> Good morning, on. Morning Joe. Yes, yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. have Fox News is ludicrous. My friend. Make MSNBC better. Make friend, MSNBC friend, great my friend, again. My friend, I would love. I would. The moment. The moment. Why on a territory Russell, you can win on, Joe? Russell, Russell, darling. Um, the moment that you give me a specific example. An actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Right, just wait, 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 w
that we know that the election wasn't stolen or something equivalent. But I will go. But I will go out. But I will go out on television and say the opposite. I will lie. Where's my answer? Just give me a give me the specific example. I understand the basic point. Give me a specific example. All right, all right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a t- no, it's I, not. I, that's I, your I, own biases. It's, a false it's, a, it's not about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't <clears> actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC once. Big f- deal. My darling, you, it was more than enough. You can't come out with such a carry You don't have a single, you have a single actual fact. Do you want an example? Do you want an example? The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re- deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. Yeah, that, that's what not Rachel Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take well, this vaccine, you're not going to get it, when it hadn't been clinically trialed to transmission. You have to listen. Wait, Do you think you can improve America by determinedly and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? I'm, Did you not? Not just listen to Bernie Sanders, <laughs> someone who plainly, legitimately believes in this country and believes it's possible to change, but is bound by corruption, is bound by the lobbying system. Surely it's clear to you, Bill, as one of the great pundits and experts and comic voices, that systemic change is required. Money has to be taken out of politics. We need new political systems that genuinely represent ordinary Americans so that we can overcome cultural differences. And bickering about which propagandist network is the worst is not going to save a single American life, not improve the life of a single American child, not going to improve America's standing in the world, and the world needs a strong America. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. So you have an obligation, a duty, not to condemn these people. Wow. Like I said, uh, pretty epic stuff. From Russell Brand. Uh, I I don't have a lot to add to it. Like I said, uh, sometimes there's just things that are said. And, 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 you know, speaking of Jesus revolution, we're going to get into it. Like one of the main premises is sometimes God can just use the, the people that you would never expect to come in there and just lay the proverbial hammer down on these people. Uh, and, and just speak so much truth in one three and a half minute clip. Uh, that it is, it's, it's quite breathtaking. So, you know, uh, I agree with what he says there. I don't agree with everything Russell Brand says to be clear, but that I do agree with. And, you know, bravo to him for, uh, having, uh, you know, the, the gumption fortitude to go out there and do it. All right. What's going on, everybody? Listen, buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. All you got to do is text the word Graham. That's G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 to get a free info kit on how gold and diversifying your portfolio into precious metals can protect your money from the disaster dumpster fire that is the Biden economy. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control, and it's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. So you've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text the word Graham to 989898 right now for your free info kit on gold and to claim the eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st. Again, you owe it to your family. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your money. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. Okay, all right, now let's get into uh, the review of the Jesus Revolution, and uh, this is going to get in-depth. So here we go. Uh, I think first what we'll do is we'll play the trailer, um, and then that should get us going. And then uh, we'll get into what I liked, what I didn't like, and we'll get into all of the above. So here we go. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? The mountain is high. How are we doing, Southern California? 
These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. His house has a very good vibe. There is an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. You've probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome. Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. All right, so that is the trailer for Jesus Revolution. Okay, let's get into the film. So I watched it last night, so it's pretty fresh on my mind. Um, as films go, all right, if I can be uh, critical for a moment, uh, or, or not critical, if I can be, um, if I can put my nerd hat on from a film editing perspective, I really like the direction that Christian films are going. I really like the direction of, uh, you know, this was a major motion picture. This is Lionsgate. Okay. This is like the same people that do John Wick, like all the above. Like this is a, this is a major movie, big budget production. And you can tell, and it was very good. And, and in my opinion, it is, it's right up there with like the case for Christ. This is raising the bar of Christian movies because there is this very valid, uh, stigma around Christian movies that they're cheesy that they're bad acted, it's the B actors or even the C actors. They can't get jobs in real Hollywood, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this movie uh, eradicates that. Um, I obviously did not grow up in the late 60s, early 70s. So I do really feel like it took you back to that time frame and that timeline. Uh, the difference between a square and a hippie, I think they do a very good job of 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 doing that um there was a bit of a and again this is super nerd movie critical stuff there was a little bit of a pacing issue and i realized that they had to like cram a bunch of stuff in there pacing was a little off at times like the first hour of the movie they're cramming so much stuff in there and then ironically i felt like the movie was probably about 20 minutes too long at the end, like, I feel like they could have got to the point a little bit, you know, the, the, the final point a little bit quicker. The overall uh, thing about this is it's talking about the Jesus movement that was deemed the Jesus revolution by time magazine, which you see the guy throughout the movie that's actually, you know, following this writing about it uh, at the very end of the movie. Um, and I'm going to try not to spoil anything for people who haven't seen it. But 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 we're going to you know, we're going to talk about it. The Jesus movement is considered by historians to be the largest spiritual movement in American history. OK, and so I want to put that into context here. OK, the largest spiritual movement. And, you know, historians say spiritual because they don't like to say Christian, uh, but it's the largest Christian movement in American history. That's what this is about. And the movie focuses on Pastor Chuck Smith and then this, who is a preacher of a dying church called Calvary Chapel. And by dying church, I mean dead, spiritually dead church. 
very legalistic, very ritualistic, very like stoic uh, church. It's just dead. And it is talking about the late 60s, early 70s, where there is a major, major divide between what they deem the hippies that were admittedly so uh, doing drugs, free love, you know, you can do whatever you want to do, blah, 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 right? Not condoning any of those actions. Obviously, all of those actions were wrong. And then the squares, and the squares were the people that lived within uh, the, the, you know, the, the rules of society, and they were, they were better than, and, and things like this. Um, of course, I didn't live during that time. I'm sure there were far more contextual things uh, and, and far more deep-rooted uh, things than that. But as far as the movie goes, that's the overall point of this, is that um, the hippies were looking for something. So you've got this pastor, Chuck Smith, who doesn't understand the hippies. You hear him in that trailer say, you know, they need a bath. And, you know, basically, if God wants me to understand a hippie, he's going to bring me a hippie and I'll talk it. To, you know, I'll ask him about it. You know, what what is it about being a hippie? In comes, ding, 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 uh, Lonnie Frisbee. Lonnie Frisbee is a hippie evangelist, uh, literally hippie to the T. This guy's walking around with like a like a, a staff, like a shepherd would. Um, he's carrying like a like a satchel. He's got, you know, the hippie like, like robe thing on. He, you know, very rarely wore shoes. I mean, this is the epitome of what you would think a hippie is. In fact, I, you know, I found out through doing some research, he even carried um, olive oil, I believe it is, with cinnamon and frankincense in it. And he would go around like anointing people uh, because Lonnie Frisbee was a highly flawed dealt with severe addictions Christian who had found the Lord and was just going everywhere preaching the gospel, right? Like like that during this time frame, the late 60s, early 70s, that's what Lonnie Frisbee was doing. And he was doing it to, with and among the hippie culture. So he meets Chuck Smith. Him and Chuck Smith start talking. I believe it's Chuck Smith. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Uh, Pastor Chuck, um, and uh, they start talking, and, and you hear it in the thing, you know, uh, if you want to reach my people, uh, and 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 a lot of people are like, oh, they're trying to make him like Jesus, but if you watch the context of the movie, in that particular time where they're speaking to each other, Pastor Chuck literally says, help me understand your people. The hippies, right? And so a lot of people are taking that clip out of context. They're like, oh, they're trying to make Lonnie Frisbee sound like he's God or something like that. No, in the context of the movie, that is not true. Pastor Chuck legit asked him a question that just like that, help me understand your people, right? Um, and 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 I, I heard somebody else give this comparison. And so to try to put it in perspective of how divided these two groups were. I would I would equate it today to uh like your pro life generation or your pro life group and your your pro choice group. Like you're talking about the most opposite ends of the spectrum that you could possibly be, right? And so the hippies, Lonnie Frisbee and all them, they admit to and they know that they are doing it wrong. That, that, that what they're doing, drugs, free sex, all this other kind of stuff, it, it, it's wrong. It's not right. And so they do allude to that, which is, which is correct. But Lonnie Frisbee says, you know, th what they're actually searching for is truth. And what they're actually searching for is something that's real. What they're actually searching for, in Lonnie Frisbee's words, is God. That's what they're actually searching for. So even though there's this group of people that are highly flawed, doing horrific things, what they're actually in need of is God. And I thought that that was very powerful. I thought it was very powerful. I thought it was very good. I think that is absolutely correct. 
Um, in fact, me, myself, I've had such a heart posture change here lately where I realize that the people that I have been going against, transgenderism, all of these other things, and that's why I really like what Michael Knowles said earlier. He didn't say transgender people. He said transgenderism. I realized that these, 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 uh, these people that I thought I was fighting against, I'm not fighting against them. I'm fighting against the evil of the sin in which they are continuing to do. And when you think of it like that, that these people are my brothers and sisters in Christ, doesn't mean I have to like what they're doing. Doesn't always mean I have to be nice to them. But I do have to understand and, and put it in the context of these are my brothers and sisters. And I want to bring them and an encounter with the Lord, the truth of the Bible. And then it's not my place to save them. It's not my place even to change their mind. That's the Lord's job. And, you know, w- when you realize that, I-, I think it changes everything. And 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 so the movie overall does a really good job of that concept. So again, think of it today. It would be, it would be the equivalent of this, you know, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to say it. This, this former LGBTQ member, and we'll get into that here in a minute, but this is how big I, I'm trying to equate to how big of a deal this was. It would be this person that used to be a homosexual that has found the Lord and is no longer practicing homosexuality that is now evangelizing to homosexuals everywhere. And then this evangelist meets a pastor and says, hey, you've got to open up your church to all of these homosexuals because, you know, as he says in the movie, we can only walk through doors that are open. And right now your church, the door is shut kind of thing. It it would be, it would be something like that. It would be that big of a thing. And, And we're not talking about respectful LGBTQ members either. We're talking about flamboyant, like, you know, transgenders walking into the church type stuff. I mean, th- th- that's that's the most I know how to equate it to today of how big of a deal this was that this even happened. Um, ironically, though, the movie is more centered around uh, the uh, pastor, Greg uh, Laurie who I like Greg Laurie a lot. Uh, I like a lot of the things Greg Laurie does. I think Greg Laurie is a good middle ground across the board. Um, he's not as abrupt as I am and brash, but he's also not a prosperity gospel preacher either, and he tells the truth, and I really appreciate that. But but he actually was saved, him and his wife together, during this Jesus movement. And Lonnie Frisbee is the guy who actually baptizes him, et cetera. Um, and so I want to talk about my favorite part of the film. January, the most refreshing and frustrating month of the year. Why? Because you set out with lofty goals. You stick to them for about two weeks. Then you fall right back into old habits. Well, lucky for you, I have a goal you can accomplish today and feel great about it. It's called the protect your family by getting a will goal. And you can check that box in five minutes for as little as $119 at epicwill.com slash gram. That's G-R-A-H-A-M. And you'll save an additional 10%. So I just made it easier. Look, you need to protect your family. I know that most of us don't want to think about death, but it is a real part of reality and life. And we need to make sure the ones that we love and care about the most will be protected. Think about this. 50% of Americans don't have a will. Choose to be the smarter 50%. Go to epicwill.com slash Graham and get 10% off. And then you can laugh at your friends who failed to accomplish their goals because you're better than them. That's epicwill.com slash Graham now. My favorite part of the film is, um, is when Lonnie Frisbee, um, well, first let me talk about this. The reason this revival worked and the reason it ended are for two things, okay? And, and Greg Laurie actually says this. In any great revival, you've got the emotional side, but for it to be a true revival, you also have to have 
the expository doctrinal side as well. So the reason that it worked is because you had Lonnie Frisbee. Lonnie Frisbee was this this person that just just demanded attention and not in like a spoiled way. Like when he spoke, people listened and the younger generations showed up to hear Lonnie, but then they stayed because of Pastor Chuck, because Pastor Chuck would then come in and, you know, Lonnie would be the emotional side. You know, what are you searching for? You know, what, what you're actually searching for is the Lord and then Pastor Chuck would come in and actually expository preach line by line the Gospels for these people to get a full encompassing thing of the Lord. And so I thought that was good. And I thought that that was really good there. So, so this is my favorite line or my favorite speech from the movie. Uh, Lonnie Frisbee is played by Jonathan Remy, uh, who you know is famously, uh, he is Jesus on uh, The Chosen. Um, I like this guy a lot. I like this guy. He's Catholic, believe it or not. And, and so again, I think a lot of people, so many people get bent out of shape. Like, like people are like, Ugh, you know, I just can't watch the chosen because Jonathan Remy's a Catholic and I just can't watch it because, you know, I'm not a Catholic. Da, 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 da. Shut up. Just watch the show, man. Just watch the show. It's about Jesus. Just watch it. Just if it does something for you, great. If it doesn't do something for you, great. Maybe it does something for other people because the point of this stuff is there are 10 times more people that will never step foot into a church, but they'll watch a TV show and they'll watch a movie, et cetera. That is what these are made for. So let's get into the best line here. Um, and then let's, uh, let's get into some of the controversies. And then we're going to hear from Greg Laurie himself on those controversies. Um, here's my favorite clip. Let's do that first. Are the storms in your life raging? Do the drugs no longer quiet the storms? When Jonah stopped running from God, the raging stopped. Return to God. Stop running. And when you do, the raging in your life will just stop like it didn't mind. I spent a real long time in the gutter with my own addictions. And if God can heal me, He can heal anyone. All right, so very emotional stuff. Like I said, it does a good job of that. It does a good job of. You know, the purpose of it all is we're all searching for something, and we've all made mistakes. And, and, and if God can save me, he can save anybody because God is not limited by your mistakes or your actions. God is, God is limited by nothing. God does what he's going to do. Uh, let's get into the controversy really quick. And the controversy is simply this after, and, and the movie does a good job. It shows that Lonnie Frisbee is a flawed person. He has his own demons that he deals with. Okay, and it shows in the movie that Lonnie Frisbee leaves, and this is true, that Lonnie Frisbee leaves and he goes off to Florida. 20 years later down the road, Lonnie Frisbee loses his way, and Lonnie Frisbee ends up dying of AIDS. This is a real, this is real stuff, real stuff. And so a lot of people's controversy over this is over Lonnie Frisbee, the fact that he died of AIDS almost 30 years later. Here's one of the people that have a controversy over this. Let's listen to them. Oh, now the NBA Gens did a great article on this whole issue. And I want to talk to you about the soft acceptance of homosexuality for just a few minutes that I think the church is, is we're dangerously close to accepting this. Uh, this is what this article says. The Jesus Revolution movie and all the other current media promotions of this Another Jesus are paving the way for the acceptance of an LGBT plus in churches. 
And uh, let me just read you just a paragraph or two of this. The current Jesus revolution craze that is sweeping across America is not revival, but is paving the way for the inclusion and acceptance of the LGBT in the church. Uh, you've been paying attention to the various forms, uh, moving parts of the current Jesus revolution movie craze. You'll find two themes that pop up constantly in all the various elements like the Asbury revival. He gets his commercials and all the rest. The first thing you'll notice is that the preaching, that it preaches a gospel based on experience and emotions instead of sound preaching of Paul's gospel. The second thing you find is that the whole movement is working itself toward the acceptance, inclusion of LGB people in the, in the church. That's the goal. That's the end game. If you're not on board, you are the enemy. Now, that may seem like a, a loaded statement, really, but I think it's correct, and I, I agree with this statement, and I'm, I'm seeing it is. Uh, be quiet. All right. So that is the controversy that because of what happened to Lonnie Frisbee at the end of his life, that this movie is paving the way, uh, for that. Um, we'll get into that. Like I said, I want to end this with a interview that he does with Ruslan, um, where Greg Laurie addresses this, but I also want to do this one more follow-up for the whole movie. This is Greg Laurie's take on why the movie is different, and then I'll elaborate, but listen, listen to what he has to say. It is the most unchristian Christian film I've ever seen that has more gospel. Let me explain. Christian films are often cheesy. They're too tidy. They're too neat. They're not reflective of real life. So this is a film that's made by believers telling a real story of what happened in the life of Chuck Smith and a young hippie evangelist named Lonnie Frisbee, sort of how Nitro met Glycerin and this explosion happened. Uh, that was the Jesus movement. It's also the story of a young Greg Laurie and Kathy Martin then, before we got married, and it's our love story. There's a scene in the film where my character, played by Joel Courtney, goes into the water and meets the hippie evangelist Lonnie Frisbee and Lonnie asks Greg, have you commit? Have you decided yet about Christ? And Greg says, not yet. And Lonnie says, do you want to right now? And he leads Greg in a prayer. And I actually worked with the actor, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Lonnie and also plays Jesus and the Chosen. And, and we went over this, like how I would pray with the person. We wanted mm. it to be real, not not fake sounding like these things are in movies yes. so often. And Jonathan just mm -hmm. understood it and he and he kind of absorbed it. And then when he did it in his performance, it's so believable. Mm. And then Greg is baptized. It's a very dramatic moment. I think that there are going to be, be people praying in theaters, praying that prayer in the theater. And so I think this movie is going to be the greatest evangelistic opportunity of our ministry of 50 years. It's going to be released in 3,500 theaters around America. That means it will pretty much be in a theater in every town. And I think that uh, God's going to use it. And so we're very excited to be a part of it. Okay, so I do agree with that. I do agree with that statement. Uh, as I said, this movie, and, and, and when we get into his in-depth interview with Ruslan here in a minute, this movie is not about uh, Lonnie Frisbee. It's not. Uh, if anything, I would say it's more about, and, and I love what he said there, this movie, when you take your kids, make sure your kids are ready to accept what they see and understand what they see because there is drug use in this movie there there are people literally tripping out at one point there's a girl who has a seizure from a drug overdose like like this is not a pull punches kind of movie this is showing that what the hippie generation was doing was wrong it was killing them it was the wrong way, sharing of needles, all the above. It, it's not glorifying that lifestyle. And so what I disagree with, with the person that had, you know, this is paving the way for LGBTQ plus, you know, acceptance. There was no, I didn't see any of that in the film at all. And even when the hippies came in the church, when they would get healed, and, you know, there would be moments of miraculous wonders in the film as well where people would be healed and they would be healed from drug addiction and they would not use drugs anymore and they would be completely reformed. And so, again, I agree with the premise of the movie. I agree with the premise of how the Jesus movement started. That Yes, you have to allow these people in. You have to. You have to allow these people in, but then you have to teach them the truth. And then you have to let God have a miraculous encounter with them that radically transforms their life.
and they can change. Now, into the big debate of all this, and that is what happens uh, to Lonnie Frisbee. Um, let me let me get it pulled up here. So the 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 main thing is, can Jesus do amazing things with flawed people? And I think that the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, during the time frame of which Lonnie Frisbee was involved with the Jesus movement, uh, I believe that his heart was right. I believe he was he was he was doing uh, what God wanted him to do. Um, and then, yeah, when he left in that 20, 30 year time frame, he lost his way. Um, and and Greg Laurie uh, addresses this. So let's uh, let let's see here if I can find where we start talking about it. Hang on one second. Okay, all right. I think this is a good place to start it. Uh, here we go. This is talking about. I believe we're at the point where Lonnie Frisbee is now dying of AIDS, um, and he repents his life back. And Greg Laurie goes to go meet and pray with Lonnie. So uh, so let's hear what he has to say. Fast forwarding to Lonnie, he's in hospice care. A friend of mine, Mike McIntosh, yeah, and Mike, I heard he about it. He plants at church out here. Mike McIntosh right. plants at Horizon on That's San Diego. Right. Yeah. So we went to see Lonnie, and I remember it so vividly. It was the room was very dark. There was a big fire in the fireplace, and Lonnie was emaciated. He looked horrible. Mm. But as he began to speak, I sort of saw that old Lonnie spark still. Mm. And Lonnie believed that God was going to heal him. Wow. And he believed he was going to preach. Mm. But I think Mike and I could see this was not going to happen. And I don't know if that was the effects of the AIDS, if he was delusional, but but it was clear. But he was repentant. He knew what he did yeah. was wrong. Yeah. He never was an advocate for yeah. any of it, yeah. but he fell away. So, okay, th that may trouble some people. Why are you making a movie about Lonnie Frisbee? It's not a movie about Lonnie Frisbee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a movie about the Jesus movement. Yeah. Lonnie Frisbee played a role. To not put him in there is to edit history. Yep. Chuck Smith played a role. It shows how I came to faith, Kathy came to faith during that time. So, hello, welcome to life. Mm -hmm. God, God mm -hmm. uses flawed people. Yeah. What about the story of Samson? Mm -hmm. What about the story of Noah? Mm -hmm. After he, you know... I, bringing the ark safely to land. He goes and deliberately gets drunk and uncovers himself. What about Gideon? Yeah. What about, and the list goes on, right? Mm. So just because someone is used by God doesn't mean they don't have the ability to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Simon Peter denied Christ three times. Mm -hmm. And he had spent three years plus walking and talking with Jesus every single day, mm -hmm. but he repented. Mm. So I think the key is, do we come back to the Lord? Yeah. And, and that, to me, is how you know if a person is a believer or not. So if someone goes prodigal, as we say, yeah. if they return to Christ, in my mind, they're a prodigal. If they never come back and they stray and they never return to their faith, mm -hmm. maybe they weren't even a Christian to begin mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Only God knows. But Lonnie was a believer. Yeah. Lonnie was used by God. Mm. Lonnie did play a key role in the last great spiritual awakening in America. Lonnie messed up. Mm. Lonnie fell away. Lonnie returned to the Lord. Lonnie was forgiven. Yeah, that's good. Where what were those conversations like those last couple of days? You said he was on hospice. Did, did... All right, I think that's good. Uh, you know, this is what I love about this interview. Greg Laurie makes no no apologies for the things that Lonnie Phillips did later on in his life. Uh, he even acknowledges Lonnie messed up. Lonnie fell away fell away from the faith, was not in good standing with the Lord. And at the end, he truly believes that Lonnie was repentant. Lonnie knew what he did was wrong. Uh, and, and in his final days, um, you know, went on, went, went on to heaven with the Lord. That, that's what Greg Laurie goes on to say later on in the thing. I, 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 I want to touch on this. I don't know Lonnie Phillips. I the, I don't know any of the inner workings of this, but here's what I believe. From the question of the very beginning of this episode is, can God use flawed people to create amazing movements for him, amazing things for him, thousands upon thousands of people being saved and finding the Lord? Absolutely. Greg Laurie is a testament to that. Greg Laurie has had 50 years 
of ministry. His church is one of the largest churches in California. Every year he has harvest festivals where millions of people live stream and come to Christ every single year. Greg Laurie was, he found his faith during that movement. So think of all the people who found God during this movement and think of all the people that would go on to be evangelists and pastors and people who would go on to be parents and teach their children about God. And those kids would go on to be pastors or evangelists and teach their children about God. So many people focused on Lonnie Frisbee's later life that they diminish what God did through him, through Chuck Smith, uh, through Greg Laurie, through all of these people that were involved in the Jesus movement. And again, think of it like this. This was back in the late 60s, early 70s. There was no social media. There was none of that stuff. And the Jesus movement sparked revival across the entire nation. In fact, one of Billy Graham's most famous sermons ever where he like spoke to, I think it was like 250,000 people or something like that. The largest gathering uh, in Dallas ever uh, for spiritual or Christianity happened during this time frame. Think of the millions of lives that were affected positively for Christ in this. And it was done not solely by, and and I love how the movie does. It it shows Lonnie as a flawed person. At towards the end, one of the reasons that Lonnie leaves is because he forgets that it's not really him doing this, it's God. And he starts to think that the only reason people are showing up is for me. And Pastor Chuck has to put him in his place and says, you know, it is not about you. You have done nothing. God has done everything. Um, it, it shows the real life of Christianity, real life Christianity, real life revival, real life movements of God, real life miracles, real life people doing amazing things for the Lord are not perfect people. They do not fit into the box of whatever these, you know, as the movie would call it, square uh, churches would deem as acceptable or not acceptable for God to use. Um, I, 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 I 100% believe that if Lonnie Frisbee was actively living a homosexual lifestyle, a, a uh, drug lifestyle, all of the above during that time period, that none of this would have happened. Um, do I also agree with Greg Laurie that people can find faith, find the Lord, do amazing things th through God, and then also walk away and lose their way? Absolutely. Look at all of the figures as he talked about in the Bible, but the main one he forgot to talk about is David. David, as described in the Bible, a man after God's own heart. The things that David did would not only have it to where he could never preach the gospel again here in America, he would also be in jail. David knocked up some lady that was not his wife. So he commits adultery. Uh, he has a baby out of wedlock, blah, blah, blah. He then sends the husband of the woman he had an affair with to the front of the lines to die. So he premeditated, murdered somebody repented, found his way back, et cetera. So for those of you who are like, oh, it's a different time, blah, 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 blah. Who are we? Who are we? David was described as a man after God's own heart, but yet he was a flawed individual. He was an individual that literally walked with the Lord, accomplished such great and amazing things for God, but yet still fell away and then still repented and still found his way back. And so in the end, in closing this, I think The Jesus Revolution is a great movie. I think you absolutely should go see it. Um, and, and I love the fact that they are open and honest that the people that were involved in this were flawed people with problems and addictions and demons and mistakes and trouble and angst and depression across the board because that is reality. As Greg Laurie says in that interview, welcome to real life. That's how real life actually is. These amazing movements of God, these amazing things in history aren't some fairy tale. And I really appreciate that because that's why I truly believe so many Christians struggle 
because they sit there and they think, oh, you know, you're supposed to be this way and you're supposed to be perfect and you're supposed to do that. But they don't feel that way. They don't, you know, okay, that's great. But, but I still struggle with this. So am I doing something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not really saved? And and I like the fact, I like this direction that at least Christianity in movies is starting to go, that the people that are responsible and the people that were there during these time frames were not perfect people. They were not perfect individuals that, that never sinned, never did anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody talks about the phrase, and I'm going to end it with this. Everybody loves a good comeback story unless it is in Christianity. Everybody loves a good comeback story. Everybody loves the, 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 the comeback stories about the talented athlete that had it all and they got addicted to drug and prostitutes and all this other stuff and then they lose everything. They lose their family. They get out of shape and then, you know, something happens and they want to be a part of their kids' lives so they get their lives back together and they go back to win the heavyweight title again, right? Everybody loves those stories and everybody loves a good comeback story unless it is in the situation or the context of Christianity. And then the second that somebody messes up, they're done, they're dead, they're gone, get rid of them. Everything they did was irrelevant because they were human and they made mistakes. I think that's a very powerful thing. And so email me, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com and let me know your thoughts. Have you seen the movie? If you haven't seen the movie, go see it. Let me know what you think. I would give it eight out of 10 stars, eight out of 10. You know, I'm a very, I'm a very, uh, you know, stingy person. So eight out of 10 stars is very good for me. Uh, I would give it eight out of 10. If you agree or disagree with things that I've said today, please email me, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. I appreciate all your feedback from the Are We Headed for a Spiritual Divorce Parts 1 and Part 2. Thank you for the feedback of that. I, I enjoy reading your emails. Make sure to share this with five of your friends. Make sure to give us five stars. That's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. And we'll see you all again next time.